The Carolina Panthers, if they could just make a kick, they had two cracks at it to beat the Atlanta Falcons. They'd be sitting atop the NFC South. Instead, they're now in the top three of the NFL draft order. What would you have preferred? Plus, Dave Doran had an experiment on Saturday? Interesting. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending is brought to you by Geico. you got a chance to save a ton of money on your car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest to you. Let's get it. Game three of the World Series is tonight, 8 o'clock, Joe. Game, the series turns to Philadelphia after the teams split the first two games in Houston. Astros going with Lance McCullers tonight. Noah Syndergaard, former Met going for the Phillies. Question for you about the World Series. Yep. Since I know you're probably locked in on Mattress Max, big bet. <laughs> Legitimate question about the World Series. Do you miss Joe Buck? I haven't even thought about it. I kind of do. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I have like this preordained thought about what the, the voice of the World Series should be, right? Well, Vin me, Scully, Bob Costas, let Joe me ask Buck. You this. Are you going to feel weird when Jim Nance is not doing the Final Four? Yes, this is his last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Ian Eagle is going to be the one. Or and, Ian I like, Eagle. and I like Ian, but yeah, yeah, it's different. I mean, I, I get it from the perspective that it's a little bit jarring, but after a while, it just kind of... Let me... I'll, I will restate my usual talking point when it comes to play-by-play. I don't think about it. I, I, I never... I get it from the perspective of that this is your A team and that projects that this is a big game. That I got Al Michaels on the call. But honestly, and maybe it's because of I got the volume down low or I've got stuff on social media that I'll, I'll glance at while watching the game. I'm not thinking about the play-by-play very often. Don't get me wrong. It hasn't been bad. Sure. It's just I'm watching these games and I'm going something just sounds a little, a little off for you. I'm just a little off. and I never thought I'd ever be nostalgic over Joe Buck, but, but here we are. <laughs> Joe Buck's had a weird path to being accepted. I think like if you I, if you were to go 15 years ago, people would rip right. Joe Buck for how he went about things, or that you know they didn't like the fact that he wouldn't say anything in big moments. They wanted like a Jim Nance special, like you've got this concocted thing. You can, you can. Right, Joe Buck actually would get out of the way sometimes yeah. and just let the thing happen, and that's what it's a visual medium. So that's why I never really had any problems with Joe Buck. I had more problems with World Series coverage on like with Tim McCarver. Oh, I couldn't stand him. Like, McCarver was basically breaking down. Remember when, when Fox had, like, like the paper clip from Microsoft Office Clippy, but it was a bat or a baseball? Right. And, like, Tim McCarver was like, now you see what happens is if he throws another strike, that's two strikes. If he gets one more strike, that's a third strike, he's out. I'm like, I think people get the base, basics of baseball, man. And if you want to introduce well, he, was, it, he was big on the basics. He was big on the basics, which, to your point, if you had the broadcast on at 5 o'clock in the afternoon so the youths can watch it and they can learn, cool. But, man, if you're up at 1030 at night watching baseball, you really like baseball. You will laugh at this, but I do think Tim McCarver being their main person for as long as he was mm-hmm. is a big part of what where baseball is right now. Fair point. At least a part of. Fair point. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, it's or ha- half of the four. It's Halloween in the House of Spooks. And the scariest thing in the triangle right now is North Carolina football. I know, spooky, right? Drake May is putting up big numbers 
he's gotten himself into the Heisman conversation. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but he's certainly putting up numbers that'll get him invited to New York. Because what do you like to say about the Heisman Trophy, Chilio? You got to have a moment, right? Yes. Do they have that? I don't know if he's going to have opportunity for it. I mean, yes, they'll play Clemson, but is that going to be enough? They usually need a little bit more mm-hmm. than just one opportunity at it. Sure. One look at it is what I'm getting. Does at. Hendon Hooker have it? He already has one of those. Yeah, the, the performance against Alabama. Now you have this weekend. He's playing Georgia, mm-hmm. and, you, and if you know, you'll see them again and down the road here. So I think they're just keep getting more up. And this is where the Coastal Division has let Drake May and North Carolina down. Perfectly honest with you. In what sense? Just because there's no bad. there's no other teams ranked in the top twenty five besides Carolina. No, there's, there's and then they they not. you know by the time they play State, is State going to be ranked? Probably not. Uh, probably not. Is State. Wake going to be ranked still? I don't know. Uh, State if they keep think, playing like they did in Louisville. I think Wake. Be. I think Wake's going to remain ranked because I think they're going to beat NC State this upcoming okay. weekend. NC State remained ranked after a very strange come from behind victory against Virginia Tech on 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 Thursday, and that's fine. I think they should stay ranked. Uh, I mean, you're at the point of who else are you going to rank? But that is the issue that North Carolina does face in that in terms of a national conversation, they haven't really they have no good wins of note. Uh, David Hale of ESPN pointed this out where they've got one win against the FPI top 50. If you're not familiar with the FPI, that's ESPN's football version of Ken Palm. That's not good. And that's through no fault of their own. They can only play who they're going to play. And even the team that whooped them, Notre Dame, that was a preseason top 10. They're not even ranked, although they might eventually get themselves back in the rank. Is Notre Dame ranked this week? No. No, not ranked after beating Syracuse? Okay. So, North Carolina, I'm not going to fault them. They're having a really great season with one loss, and they're two wins away from getting the Coastal Division, and they should be able to do it. Against Virginia, against Georgia Tech, they should be able to win those games. Not even this Tar Heels team should crap the bed against those two bad squads at this point, which has led to Mac Brown talking about a special feeling around this year. Special players make special seasons, and these guys are all, they're just clicking. And, and it, I, I don't want to be rude about last year's team because there were some great players on that team and great people. For some reason, we, we didn't have that same thing. We, we just couldn't finish at Pitt. Um, just to think that we we're first in gold at the two with a minute 16 left. I'll never forget that, the, the finish that we didn't do at State. Um, I mean, those are things that just, they, they just drive coaches batty because you're, you're in charge of their mentality and getting them to that point. And, and for whatever reason, I missed it last year. And um, the, the guys understood with me that that's unacceptable. That's not fair to North Carolina. Not fair to us to work this hard and, and not finish games. And and that's what this team is doing. That's head coach Mac Brown uh, after they beat Pitt. It, look, a lot of credit to how things shook out against the Panthers on Saturday, Julio. The, the Tar Heels started that game off in a way that a lot of Carolina fans were going, oh, here we go again. But two things happened. Pat Narduzzi got stubborn, and Carolina took advantage of it. And Mac Brown adjusted in a way that Narduzzi didn't. Don't believe me? Listen to Mac Brown tell it uh, as, as, he, as he explained what he told Phil Longo, their offensive coordinator, in the second half. I'm, I'm a guy that in my younger days would have been mad that we had 86 yards rushing, and instead I told him at halftime, forget it, man. Go, go do what we need to do to win the game. Let's don't waste plays running the ball if they've got too many in the box. That just that doesn't make sense. That's just being stubborn and, um, and, and if, if – 
it, it really worked the second half. Was that his subtle way of saying Pat Narduzzi was stubborn on Saturday night? Look, Pitt comes out, they're, they're up 17-7, they're up 24-14, and then their offense you know, basically went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was some stubbornness there. Mm-hmm. There were some turnovers in there, too. Yeah, that's I, true. Listen, I love what North Carolina uh, North Carolina's offense is doing with Josh Downs right now. They're, they're using him out of the backfield. They're using him in the slot. They're moving him around the formation. And, and But it's not just Josh Downs. It's not, it's not just Josh Downs. Because Antoine Green had himself a game on Saturday. But, but Drake May knows where... His money is buttered, yeah. and, and it's it's impressive to see. It really reminds me of what State used to do with Torrey Holt. Uh, and not a big kid. Josh Downs not a big dude. Uh, Love the way that he plays the game, and Drake May really kind of impressing people with his poise and his uh, – there are people who can't stand it when this is, term is used. But his arm talent is, is truly special. Next up, Power 5 jobs open now. There are six Power 5 jobs open now, mm-hmm. Joe, because Auburn fired – Brian Harson who today? Yeah, they didn't name him. Who was re- fired today? Because if you read the Auburn release, I don't know who was fired today. The, the official release does not name <laughs> Brian Harson, but Man. after their fourth straight loss, forty-one uh, twenty-seven to Arkansas, they're now three and five on the year. Harson, who was on the outs after almost after his first year, because of the number of players who were in the transfer portal and didn't want to play for Brian Harson at Auburn, is now officially gone. So we got Nebraska, Wisconsin. Arizona State, Colorado, Georgia Tech, and Auburn. It's going to be an interesting, silly season in college football. Because it's not just these jobs. Not just those. It's who's going to fill after. Yep. That's always the part that's going to get you. Which gets us to number two. Number two. Dave Dorn's been attached to some of these jobs. NC State's head football coach. Been here a long time. He's had a lot of success relative to NC State. Relative to NC State, you made my eye. I know, that I was know, involuntarily. I know, I know, but that you, was not on purpose. You have to. I I saw your face, okay, and it's important for the context that what Dave Dorn's been able to do at NC State has built a level of consistency that, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen. You got to remember Michael Kane, Chuck Amato, and then Tom O'Brien. It was you had your moment, petered out. Off you go. Doran's at least had to have some cycles. He hasn't cashed those cycles in, and this is yet another example this year where it hasn't. And there's been some some speculation that at his age, the ceiling at NC State, maybe he's bumping into, that he would take off for another job. Any number of jobs might come to mind. People will peg the Big 12 jobs. You know, maybe something like Kansas, if that opens up, or Iowa State might come up. And uh, to just complete the Herb Sendek leaves NC State for Arizona State analogy, maybe he would leave for the Arizona State job. Who knows? But Doran's going to be a a factor in the silly season that will embark once December hits. But he's still at NC State, and he wants butts in seats at NC State. And Thursday night, in their win against Virginia Tech, the fourth quarter, there were a lot of empties. A lot of students had bounced out. Heck, you talked about how you were at the I game. Say, it wasn't just students. It was a lot of even a, you know adults. Yeah, a lot of people. And you were. It's a Thursday night game, man. Mm-hmm. It was late, and NC State <laughs> didn't have it. Man. That game was dragging. They did not have it, so people bounced. It's fine. I'm not here to fan gatekeep. Let fans have their you know interactions about that. Who belongs? Who doesn't? What's a good fan? What's not? I just wish we'd stop with the fan gatekeeping. But Dave Dorn surely loves doing it, and he's been consistent to his credit. He wants butts in seats. So much so that he got bored on Saturday and retweeted a fan that called the people who left, you suck. 
So Dave Dorn was asked about that today during his weekly availability, and apparently he was just throwing it out there as an experiment. You know, it's funny. I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm going to play an experiment here. Like, if I hit I like this, what's different than if I hit I retweet this? You know, like, what would happen? And so I just did it. And and then this happened. So I, I'm, it's pretty comical to me. Um, going back 10 years, man, my first press conference after we beat Louisiana Tech, I thanked the fans for coming and then pleaded with the fans to stay. This isn't new that I want our stadium full until the end of the game. Like, it's not. And so, you know, I don't understand why that upset the Twitterverse. I'm sorry that I upset the Twitterverse, you know, like, don't do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm here to support our team. I'm here to make our program better. I know it doesn't always look that way when we're not scoring enough points and we're trying, you know. Um, But I I was told we really want to win a championship at this school when I got here. And and so – I care deeply about this program. I care deeply about these players and I'm going to fight for them, you know, and I think having a stadium that's full for four quarters helps you win. I think it helps you recruit too. You know, I do. I think when a recruit comes to your campus and he sees that you can sell out your games and they stay for four quarters and it was the coolest thing he's ever seen that helps you recruit. And if you recruit better, you play better. And if you play better, you win more. So yeah, I think that's an important thing for everybody to understand. And, if they want to go home, they can. But I'm still going to continue to fight to make our program better. As far as the retweet thing, again, that was a fun experiment that was a success or a failure, I guess, however you look at it. That's but, that's uh, that's Dave uh, Dorn, NC State head football coach, on retweeting a fan who, again, it's important. It's important to note what the tweet was, Julio. The tweet reads like this. Okay, it's saying. To all the fans that left early, you suck. If you left for the sole reason of the score, then please do not come to any other game this season. This team is not like teams in the past, and they go on about how they don't give up, blah, 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 blah. And Dave's right. He's been adamant about fans and seats and pass outs and everything else, but it's important to note the tweet that you're retweeting where you're telling other fans, you suck. That's interesting for a coach to put out there. It's an experiment. You know what a coach would say to a media person if they just kind of threw stuff out there for an experiment? What would they say? Chasing clicks. Yeah, chasing that clout, baby. That's what Dave Dorn is doing. Does that sound like a guy who's going to be sticking around? A lot of tea leaves in that one. Can I yeah. Can I just give you one? Well, actually, just sure. because this this came up in the Garner uh, gambling group this weekend. NC State's ACC record before Dave Dorn. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you the win percentage. It is 509. Sure. Okay. That's before Dave Dorn. Yeah. NC State's ACC record with Dave Dorn win percentage is 461. Okay. So the idea that Dave Doran is doing something that other NC State coaches hasn't mm-hmm. is not exactly true. Now, to your point, though, about the consistency, the consistency. of O'Kane and Amato, you're right. It yes. was There was more of this. And O'Brien. There was more of a little bit of an up and down. But, mm-hmm. the, but the idea that somehow, because, you know, Dave is on his way to be to have the most wins in program history. He's been here, though. and the, and there are people who are also confusing this mm-hmm. with being the winningest yeah. coach in program history. Right now, Earl Edwards is technically the winningest coach in program history. He has an overall losing record. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm I'm just pointing all of these numbers out as a way to say there was a way for Dave Doran to say 
this is great for recruiting when we have because you know why because they go look at Carolina, look at Duke, can't mm-hmm. look at Wake Forest who can't who's in the top ten and can't sell out their own stadium. That that's that's their recruiting pitch. So he's perfectly within his right to say that. But when the fan tweets in the very first line is to all the fans that left early, you suck. Well, guess what? You're telling you are then telling the fans that you suck. Like, come on, man. There's a better way to do that. Well. The other thing, too, retweet doesn't equal endorsement, right? That we're usually saying. Actually, no, a retweet does mean endorsement. If you don't endorse it, well, then you then quote don't tweet retweet it. it. Or don't retweet it, yeah. or you quote tweet it. Or just or retort and say, hey, man. This isn't the case. I, I We have a lot of loyal fans, but I was disappointed, and you know it is a big recruiting advantage to us when people stay. So the tweet reads about how this is not like other teams in the past. So what Dave Doran is experimenting right. with. All right, so that 2020 team in the middle of a pandemic wasn't a resilient group that had another injury with Devin Leary and Bailey Hockman has to step up and they got creative and they found a way to have a season worth remembering? Or what about last year's group that essentially set the table for this season where they pulled an all-timer in beating North Carolina at the end of the year on the final play, essentially? Just a wild comeback in that game. Is that was that not a resilient group? This is not like other teams. I mean, to me, it looks like a pretty consistent run of the Dave Doran teams, which is credit to Dave Doran. But again, this is somebody that, if they were a little bit more savvy, they would not have played this game instead of just basically starting an infight with your fans. If that was the goal, success. Next up, the number one story of the day. We're the Carolina Panthers, had they just made a kick, whether it was the extra point even from 48 yards out or the OT potential winner from 33 yards out, would be sitting atop the NFC South. Instead, they're sitting atop something else. We'll explain next. You can also check out the YouTube channel. Go, go and smash that subscribe button. 99.9 The Fan. Go check it out. While we've got the podcast that you can listen to in your car, while you're on a walk, doing yard work, whatever, you can watch these segments that are on WRAL Sports Plus over on the 99.9 The Fan YouTube channel. The Carolina Panthers could have beaten the Atlanta Falcons yesterday in a wild one. They did just exchange scores throughout the second half. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, I actually uh, watched that game from Players Retreat on Sunday. I watched the second half uh, from Players Retreat. It was amusing to hear the Panthers fans just like, yes! Oh no! Yes! Oh no! And DJ Moore catches an incredible throw from PJ Walker with, what, 16 seconds on the clock. And all Eddie Pinheiro has to do is kick a field goal. Except this one was made more difficult because DJ Moore took his helmet off. Can't do that. Now, I know that the Fox Rules expert pointed out that because DJ Moore had left the end zone and the play was dead, taking off the helmet really should not have been a flag, but it was. Pinheiro misses the 48-yard kick. You go to overtime. It's 34-34. They go to overtime. Defense steps up because, contrary to popular belief, you can do a defense in overtime mm. to get the ball back and help you win a game. It it, it can happen. I didn't think that was allowed, Joe. It is allowed in the NFL to defense in the overtime. So they get it back into field goal range. They settle for a kick, 33 yards out. Pinheiro misses that one. Atlanta gets the ball back. They win it with a 41-yard field goal. Now, look, credit to DJ Moore, who owned it after the game, saying, hey, man, I shouldn't have done that. I was sitting on the bench, et cetera, et cetera. Here's, here, here's DJ Moore on taking his helmet off. 
Oh, it was a spectacular play. You know, I had dropped the one uh, beforehand and you know, I just let it loose. So, but I got to understand that there's still time on the clock. Can't do that. You Have sat you on the bench for a while after the game. I'm guessing, reflecting, what was going through your mind? Uh, what happened? What would happen if I ain't take my helmet off? Like going back to what happened. And, uh, that was about it. That's T.J. Moore on taking his helmet off that made that extra point kick to win it. 48 yards out. Here's Steve Wilkes, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, on DJ Moore taking his helmet off. DJ is smart enough to understand that uh, that's something to learn from. Um, very talented player. Glad he's on our team. Um, but, you know, moving forward, that's something that we'll learn from and won't make that same mistake. So that's Wilkes. They both own it. They both recognize it's a mistake. I agree. But you know what else needs to be said? Eddie Pinheiro is an NFL kicker, and he's got to make – Okay, the 48-yarder, fine. Still in a dome. I know you're making a face, Julio, but from 33 yards out in overtime, in a dome, you got to make that kick, man. There's no excuse yeah. for that. None. The only reason Eddie Pinheiro is still on the team is because before those two misses, he was 10 of 10 on extra points, and he was 12 of 13 on field goal attempts. His only miss was a 41-yarder against the Niners in a game that was a blowout anyway. Mm -hmm. So he had been excellent to that point. But it's a make-or-miss league, man. And you got one job as the kicker. And unfortunately, you need to make when you have the opportunities to make. And the missed extra point, it was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Then the missed field goal, it just can't happen. Because that is an extra point at that point. 33 yards is an extra point. You got to make point. that. You got to make that. So I, I, I'm more curious, though, with the Panthers. You see the, the improvement in their offensive line. Mm -hmm. You see the improvement in their run game and the usage of Deontay Foreman. You know, in five games with Christian McCaffrey... Foreman touched the ball 12 times yeah. in five games. Why? It's Why? It's coaching. So now these are the two games without McCaffrey. They trade McCaffrey. There's mm -hmm. the two games without him. 41 carries, 236 yards, three touchdowns, 5.7 yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You see DJ Moore, 11 targets yesterday, over 100 yards, catches the big touchdown pass. Mm. These are the things the Panthers needed to be doing from the jump. Yeah, and this, again, And it's if just... you're a Panthers fan, you want to be upset at something, is that it's now October 30th, mm -hmm. and you're finally unlocking what you should have been doing from the jump, but you didn't because your previous coach wasn't prepared to start the season. This isn't as simple as, it's a goofy take. I don't mean it seriously, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey gets traded to the San Francisco 49ers, and you're seeing... Deontay Foreman, or before that, Chuba Hubbard actually be used. DJ Moore has kind of come to life. Um, it wasn't a Christian McCaffrey problem. He he was no. an asset. He was a weapon, and that's well, they why they weren't even using him correctly. Though th there was there was a reason why people were hyped up to see what Kyle Shanahan was going to do with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And I didn't put too much stock in CMC's first game with the 49ers because he literally just got there. I think we saw the value of Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco in their win against the the, the Rams, which now they swept them in their in their in the in the race for the division. He's the only running back now, one of the only running backs with a TD pass, a rush TD, and a receiving TD in a single game since the 1970 merger. Christian McCaffrey last year, Ladanian Tomlinson back in 2005, and then Walter Payton back in 1979, the year that I was born. But here's the thing about the Panthers' loss. There are some people who are cool with it because it means that they'll move or they're now in the third spot for the NFL draft. But my this simply solidifies something that 
we always talk about. Fans are looking at the future. They want the hype. They want the hope. And that's what the draft gives you. But as we've been pointing out, and you've been hammering this point, Julia, with this team, they got players. The, the, dis, the distance between them being a good team and a bad team is not that great. That's the thing. Look at the Seahawks last year. The Seahawks rookie class is what's really carrying them right now. The bummer here is that I wanted Wilkes to keep winning in Carolina, win the, di- the division, to put David Tepper in a spot that would be fascinating. Because how could you look at what Wilkes has been able to do with this group that Matt Rule couldn't do squat with and you gave him all that guaranteed money and you're going to tell me that Steve Wilkes shouldn't have an opportunity to be the head coach? You want to you want Basaccia this one like in the Raiders? How'd that work? How's that working out for the Raiders? Not great. Not great. Wilkes might still do enough to win that job if David Tepper isn't so focused on whatever the big name Josh McDaniels guy is you got to go get. Okay. But it's a bummer that they're not winning and they're not ahead of the division. They're not going to win the division because I would have loved to have seen David Tepper in a weird spot where it's like, please justify not hiring Steve Wilkes. But they'll probably get that justification and go off to the whatever the new shiny object is in the NFL coaching circles. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovians. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. You ever seen Nightmare from Before Christmas, Julia? I have not. Classic. Great movie. It's all about understanding there's a place for everything. You would appreciate it because you can't cross the streams. Mm. Ooh. Halloween should be Halloween. Christmas should be Christmas. You should like All these things have their role. I should watch this then. It's very, very good with a very important message. Can that be considered a Halloween or a Christmas movie too? Yeah, actually, it can. Yeah, it can. There is one. Uh, there is one song on there uh, about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this? As he's going around and as he's discovering, wait, this is snow. This is Christmas land. But then he finds it to be a miserable experience when he tries to actually be Santa Claus. And I want to give too much away. Watch it. I still haven't seen Hocus Pocus too. By the way, I finally got around to Hocus Pocus. Why are you making a face? Well, why would you need to see Hocus Pocus too? Just to keep up with the Utes. Why not? Well, you don't want to see uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as a witch? I'm just saying. I know. You want to see Bette Midler. I get it. Yep. Wolfpack ain't for soft people, which is why we got Pack Therapy. It's hosted by Joe Giglio, big Bette Midler guy. Listen for a new episode each Friday on WRLSportsFan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brought to you by the Pack of Wolves NIL Collective, empowering Wolfpack athletes engaging Wolfpack fans, which is what Dave Dorn did. He was engaging with Wolfpack fans, apparently, on Saturday. And he talked to the media today. Jason Jennings over at WRAL asked him about this retweet that told fans that didn't stick around for Thursday's game where they came back and they beat the Hokies, basically that they suck. So he wants this atmosphere at Carter Finley Stadium. This is something that he's always talked about. I'll give him credit. And he talked about having a good atmosphere with Wake Forest coming to town this weekend. Asking that the fan base and the student body be, be, you know, be the difference in this game, be the difference for this team, make this stadium shake. We've got a 15-game winning streak in the Carter, and let's do everything we can to come out and support the team and make the opponent's offense unable to hear their cadence, make it where they can't hear their clap, you know, be the difference in this football game. And let's make the night game environment on homecoming night for such a special group of young men, special for them, you know, and that's something that I think we all want. We want this football team to play its best football. And and that is 100% 
easier to do when the other side of the ball can't hear. So that's Dave Doran on the atmosphere he wants at Carter-Finley Stadium. Here's Mac Brown, North Carolina head football coach, after they beat Pitt on Saturday at Keenan. To be playing for, for something that matters in October is really cool. And I thank those guys today. Uh, uh, not everybody's able to do that. To have a full house, uh, it's fun for the players. It's the way it should be all the time. And at the same time, what, what a boost for this economy and our campus. Our campus was buzzing and, and Chapel Hill, we go through COVID and people are closing stores and here we are today that there's people all over the place and it, it's the way it should be. And, and that's, that's fun. So um, it, it, winning a game like this with this atmosphere helps everybody. So that's Mac Brown, head coach, North Carolina, after they beat Pitt. Is was Mac Brown on Twitter earlier in the day and saw that retweet? Am I reading too much into it? Are we? Am I? Am I too extremely online to think that yes. Mac Brown and Dave Doran are also as online as me? Yes. Okay. Uh, sometimes I need you to check me on yeah. these things. Yeah, I don't mind what Dave is saying. The message that it, that he's say, he's actually saying. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when you retweet a tweet from a fan that says the fans who left early you suck from a night game where it's 21 to 3 against the worst team in the ACC yeah but look the fans who invested by the way the fans who pay your five million dollar salary guess what they can do what they want to do just so you know how the world works yeah there's there's a level of fan gatekeeping that I don't like uh, just as Dave has every right to say I want you in the stand the mm -hmm. fans who pay that money it's a lot of freaking money, by the way. They also have the right to leave when they see it's 21-3 to in yeah. the third quarter against the worst team. I mean, honestly, that's how you kind of show your dis your disappointment yeah. or you're upset. You leave. You could boo or you could leave. And there was some booing that was taking no, place. No, and, I, and I, don't like, I don't like the booing personally, but. I don't mind booing. I mean, it's the most polite way to let people know that well, you don't like. I, and they're booing the coaching staff. They're not booing the players. Uh, see, see that's no, no, no. You weren't there, though. The, the, the bad throw to Thayer what mm -hmm. felt like they were booing Jack Chambers. I don't yeah. like that. That's fair. You want to make decisions about punts and field goals and fourth downs yeah. and stuff like that. I'm, I, you're right. That's fair game. Uh, I didn't like some of the boos there. But to that's me, fair. To, again, though, to me, that's your money. That's your ticket that you're paying for. I, I will say this, though, because I think this weekend in the ACC proved one thing to keep an eye on. You might be completely checked out on NC State's year the rest of the way because of Devin Leary's injury. You're not confident in this coaching staff getting it offensively and the defense is only going to be so taxed. But this weekend showed you some wild crap can happen, man. I'm not expecting Sam Hartman to have that many turnovers in one quarter. Who could have predicted BC losing to UConn? UConn! All right? Still mad at Jim Mora. Yeah, well, I know. He never <laughs> called you back. I totally understand that.